Let's sit. Let's learn. Let's evolve. Let's talk. No more whispering in our minds. Today is Let's Talk Arts with your host, Rachel Sarah. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk the Arts. I'm your host, Rachel Sara. And to begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands on which we are broadcasting uh, and pay my respects to elders past and present and to my elders and all mob listening today. Today, we are joined by the wonderful Ginny from Ginny's Girl Gang. Now, I first got to know Ginny online through her incredibly painted denim jackets, but since then, she has evolved into so much more, and I can't wait to jump into this chat to find out what is next and what's been happening for Ginny. Ginny, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks I'm, for having me. I'm so glad that you're here in <laughs> Mianjin. Now, just to begin, who's your mob? Where you come from? Yep. So my people are the Gumroy people, um, Knoxes, McGrady's, Kellys. We're from Toomala. Uh, but I've lived in Brisbane pretty much my whole life. So I've been a Brizzy girl through and through. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's and me. <laughs> pretty much your whole life. We'll jump in later to where you've been jet setting over the last few years. Mm-hmm. But let's go back to the beginning of Little Ginny. Mm. What were you like? Did you always want to be an artist? I always thought I would be in the creative arts. I was very dramatic as a child. So I think a lot of people thought I was going to be like an actress and stuff. Oh, yeah. Still time? (laughs) No. Yeah. I could be like what I always see those memes like, you know, Morgan Freeman didn't become an actor till 40. And I'm like, that could be me. That could be you. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so very dramatic. Always loved the arts. Always surrounded by artists um in some way shape or form like even my uncle's great storytellers you know um so very much involved in the arts but I didn't think that this would be what I do at all in any way shape or form I'm glad it went down this route but yeah not not always thinking creative arts yeah Yeah. I feel like as mob we always have just had an aspect of creativity and storytelling and it's only in these recent years that it's manifesting into actual careers for us so talk to us a little bit about Ginny's girl gang and and what it is yeah so basically it started off as a hobby I literally had started um painting a jacket for a friend and um I didn't expect people to like what I did and I just put it on social media and then it started to turn into I guess a thing which was really cool um for it to happen organically I've been painting for a while but just never on clothing and stuff like that but I love that I was able to like use fashion as a way uh I guess to paint and also uh, use it as a opportunity to tell a story in some way shape or form and yeah. it just kind of turned into this thing and now it's a thing Yeah, well, like I mentioned, social media was the first kind of instance of when I met you. And Mm. I think that's for a lot of us mob how we've connected in this modern day, um, which is really cool. So a lot of your work, you really emphasize the family and community aspects of your life. And you touched on it a little bit. But can you talk to me a bit more how that plays into Ginny's Girl Gang? Yeah, well, I think it's so, I mean... As a black follower, I feel like it's so integral to like my everyday life. And so it only made sense to be able to create something that, you know, made my people, my family, my friends proud. Um, but also I feel like I've kind of been that person, that outspoken person in my family. And so now I'm just putting this stuff on clothing um, and is like an extension of that. But I really like that 
you know, it's that opportunity to, to start a conversation and, mm. you know, I meet so many people now. If I wear like my, I pay my respects jumper out, yeah. people will come up to me and be like, oh, I love your jumper. And, you know, um, it's just, I think we talk about small world, but I think there's so many, um, it's just opened so many doors for conversations. And yeah. so I love that part of it. Um, yeah. If that makes sense. No, that definitely makes sense. And I think fashion is such an amazing way, like you said, to tell a story. We've got lots of different brands and businesses who are starting to embed culture in fashion. And mm. I think for a long time, it has been a bit of a gap there where we, you know, haven't felt like we could connect to our own identity through fashion and through self-expression. And that's what I really love about Ginny's Girl Gang. So you kind of t- like, so talk to us a little bit more about that. Do people come and bring you items of clothing? Do you kind of like, is there a sustainability aspect to the business that you kind of try to focus on? Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely changed from when I first started. I was taking a lot of like commission work and just like really just wanting to do as much as I possibly can. That's kind of slowed down now. And I'm sure you understand like <laughs> commission work is so exhausting. It's exhausting. And it's so like transactional and energy and mm. time and all that sort of stuff. So it's kind of changed a little bit for me. But initially at the start, it was like, like, you know, people would be like, I have a jacket, can I send it to you? And I've always preferred that method just because denim is one of the worst polluters in the yeah. um, in the fashion industry. So uh, I always try and, you know, upcycle pieces or I love thrifting. That's always been like a huge part of my life from the day yeah. I was born. So uh, in any way, shape or form that I've been able to recycle pieces, that's always been the preference. Um, and so, yeah, people will come to me and ask me to paint different stories and stuff now I just do what I want to do and people like that so that's good (laughs) thank god um and so I've been more focusing on just like being as creative as I you know in my element and doing what uh, what feels good to me and the conversations that I want to start or whatever topic or issue is important to me at that time yeah um but yeah I'm moving away from commission work (laughs) it's too much honestly you're not the first person who's come on and said that my good friend Eb has decided not to take on commissions as well for that same reason she's a jeweler but I want to go back a few steps. So mm. before Ginny's Girl Gang, mm-hmm. what were you doing? I've worked in like lots of different industries, but for the most part, I was in the employment is- industry. So I worked um, under the job active contract, helping um, people get jobs, um, but always in roles that where I was able to support black followers. So yeah. that's been like, I feel like my purpose in life in some way, shape or f- form to help other black followers, you know, move in directions that they want to move in. Um, so I've done that for a really long time. I worked in the education space. I also worked out at ACPA here in yeah, Brisbane for a few years as a student. As support. a performer? No, I wish. <laughs> it's funny, actually. I applied for a job and applied for ACPA at the same time and got the job. So I was like, that was the universe being like, girl, <laughs> chill out. You're not an actress. Not uh, yet. Not until you're like 41. <laughs> not until I'm 41 anyway, when I take it seriously. Um, but yeah, so I've been been in a few different industries, um, which is nice. But ACPA really was the probably the funnest part of my working life. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And if you're just joining us, we are on Let's Talk the Arts with Ginny's from Ginny's Girl Gang. Now... 
We were just touching on the fact that you were in employment and jobs before Ginny's Girl Gang and you always really wanted to help mob in every job that you had. Mm. At what point did you think, well, I guess we kind of touched on it when you kind of just put things out on social media, but at what point did you decide to really take Ginny's Girl Gang seriously and make it your, I guess, your job and your career? Yeah. <laughs> and what did that feel like as well? It was so scary because I'm the sort of person who has always like craved stability and the arts life, you just don't know what you're going to get, whether you will work now or next month or three yeah. months from now. So it was really kind of scary for me, but something that I always enjoyed painting, I always felt great when I was being creative. So I guess I just didn't expect it to happen and then doing it, I was really surprised that people liked what I was doing and just made the change. I just thought, you know what, I moved to America. And that was the other part is I moved to America. So it opened up a lot of space for me to be able to just do something. And so I took that up and just painted all day and all night. And yeah, yeah. that's kind of how it happened. That's. I want to touch on that big move because for a lot of mob we do have such a strong connection to country and mm. and sometimes that is through distance like for myself my connections through distance I don't live on country but it still plays such a huge role in I guess our self-confidence our mental wellness all of that our spirituality mm. what was it like just taking that leap and I guess for those who don't know why did you go overseas yeah so I got married to an American uh, my husband is American and so that's why I made that move and it was either him move here or I move there and I was ready for something different as well and to see the world I didn't expect obviously like everyone else COVID to happen yeah and then be stuck in that country for four years but it was something different and I was ready to explore what that might look like and it was really difficult and it has been really difficult I think that it has really like been a journey in terms of identity like living away from country it is at times really good like mm-hmm. not hearing a lot of things, not being as accessible. I think as Blackfellas as well, that tie to family is so strong. Yeah. Um, I was enjoying like putting some accountability back on my family members. Like, what would you do if I wasn't there? Because I'm not. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of nice. But at the same time, yeah, I missed home. It's been a really interesting journey. And then like being a Blackfella living in another country where there are other Indigenous people and Black people and all the political stuff that's Mm. happening and where do I stand and where do I sit in this and then having stuff happening back home. It was really intense, but it's been good, I think. Lots of sitting with myself and like having those sorts of conversations. It's been really intense. What a lot of people will take away from this chat as well is like running a creative business can be very emotionally taxing it can be very emotionally draining and and you touched on like you like stability Mm. and when you start business you kind of told that there is no stability in business particularly creative businesses Mm. but I want to touch on resilience and I guess being away from home and having the support network shift a little bit. What were some of the things that you put in place to kind of keep you accountable in your work life, to keep you grounded, keep you kind of emotionally happy and Mm. and thriving? Yeah, I think lots of like checking in with family and like those people in my family that are 
have always like my older sisters have always been like permanent you know sort of role models in my life so you know constantly checking in with them and I think um it made me I had to sit with myself and create some boundaries for myself as well like especially when you move in that black art space right Mm. you feel so um there's a part of you that is for me anyway um accountable to your community so I had to put checks and balances in place so that I felt like I was still moving in the right direction so a lot of that was like checking in with my nan and you know also when I was asked to do work like um really thinking about whether I was the right person for that role and like is this something that my family would be proud of or am I taking an opportunity from another black fella um am I the best person for this role so lots of like creating checks and balances and that it's easier said than done right it's just like over the period of three years and I'm still figuring it out um but yeah lots of checking in back home lots of sitting with myself making sure that I'm feel like I'm doing the right thing if I can sleep at night then that's good yeah (laughs) yeah and I I think I can really relate to that like navigating work and navigating if you're the right person and because you know we're still part of that generation who are paving the way for creatives Mm. and you know we can look to our elders but um I always say like trying to talk to elders about things like social media or creative businesses where they haven't been exposed to it's really hard to find that guidance so I think yeah like it is quite difficult to navigate that and and what would you sort of say to young people in that space like what would be the I guess the words of wisdom that you yeah well I think you said that so eloquently like I think that it's it's really like we're in this weird space of like almost being pushed to the front because there's these you know Instagram platforms Mm. and opportunities so many opportunities that you know older you know people haven't been given or afforded that availability or opportunity but also then just being like that level of imposter syndrome that comes with yeah. being an, an artist that you don't feel worthy enough or good enough. So there is like this balance that needs to happen. And I feel like that's, again, like something that I'm still trying to figure out. Um, and every day is different. But for the most part, I think like take as many opportunities as you can, but also leave something on the table for someone else or open, you know, if you can get your foot in the door. Mm. and bring some followers in with you some other black followers that's always helpful so I try and think in that way um and not you don't need to take every opportunity as well rest like that's the most (laughs) important thing (laughs) because the longevity of it all like I I every week Rachel and I don't know if you're if you feel the same but like it really I will be like I'm never doing this again yeah some days I'm like I just want to sleep for three weeks and other times I'm like oh this is a really good opportunity I need to do this so it's like I don't know whatever makes you feel good about you know the arts and I think as black followers we have we have we're all artists and we have been artists for 60,000 plus years so I don't know it's about finding that balance finding out what works for you I don't yeah. have all the answers unfortunately yeah. if someone does let's do you have the because I'm still figuring well, it out well I think that is such like a good point as well like navigating burnout can 
actually leave you so empty and worse for wear. And, you know, we we joke about not knowing all the answers, but in some ways we are the leaders in that space. And, mm. and being able to, I guess keep clients accountable and we touched on this with Keisha as well um, from Leon Design we are navigating a space that has been untouched before working with artists working with creatives working with different businesses and I just feel like we are expected to give so much more than just our role description and that's where I think burnout comes in as well so for those of us who may be experiencing it what's your go-to to kind of just switch off relax and like find inspiration again mm, well do you know what about burnout as well and and I do I agree Rach I think there's so many when you take on jobs people expect so much and it's easy as black followers as well to just want to appease, yeah. appease everyone um, and the biggest lesson that I have learned is that you know my happiness and how I feel again if I can sleep at night that's the most important thing to me and that's what my family and friends want for me I have to keep reminding myself that I don't need to be that person for these people Mm. you are just a cog in the wheel yeah and um my again peace is so much more important to me than anything else but with that being said like I like to say when I take on work especially from non-indigenous mob who um you know they have their own agenda, what they need from you and what they want to get. But for me, it's like this, yes, it's my intellectual property, but it's not just my intellectual property. It's my grandmother's intellectual property and her mother and so on and so forth. And so valuing yourself is so important. Like it it needs to make sense. It has to make sense. Um, In terms of burnout, like honestly for me now is turning off social media getting Mm. off for you know as much as I possibly can to enjoy yeah my life in its current situation not getting stuck in a pandemic (laughs) literally and just um, I love massages I love acupuncture I'll go and get an hour foot rub and fall asleep like that's it for me no feet feet massages give me the ick I don't think I could do that for (laughs) an hour What's wrong with you? <laughs> I know. But I really, um, I want to touch on, because you did mention that you lived in the States, which is amazing. Mm. Now, forgive me if I've got this wrong, but you were part of New York Fashion Week? We were going to LA Fashion Week. LA and Fashion then the Week. Pandem- pandemic happened. <gasps> yeah. Okay. So talk us through that because every time you hear Fashion Week, mm. I feel like it's such an incredible platform. So I'm assuming there would have been a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, it was really intense. And like every time I hear Fashion Week, I low key throw up in my mouth. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Trigger doing warning. Melbourne Fashion Festival in two yeah, weeks. Yeah, I did see that. So that's yeah. Uh, it's just it is. It's such a great opportunity. And like I think we dream about these sorts of mm. things. Like I know I would net three years ago. Would you would never, never imagine it. No, never. So it is really exciting. Um, but it is a lot of work and it is very much a roller coaster of like, again, imposter syndrome. Yeah. It's all me, really. It's no one else. It's no, I don't really allow other people to put pressure on me like that anymore. Mm. Um, but it is me. I'll just sit in my head and be like, you're not good enough for this. Like, yeah. you, you should have done more than this. Do really? You- you're going to get up there with these yeah. mob? Like, make it make sense i actually read a really great article about imposter syndrome and it was written by a woman of color from the states and the name and title is all escaping me Mm. but essentially the takeout was like imposter syndrome is 
in some ways not what we're feeling. It's actually the result of colonization and it's a purposeful way to make us feel like we don't belong in these spaces yeah, and right. it's like that generational trauma which I think we always like look for these western terms to like place on us because I feel that too like mm. you don't feel worthy but I also feel like it's we don't feel worthy because all of those people who have come before us have absolutely been denied these spaces mm. and so my big thing is every time I like think that I'm getting imposter syndrome I kind of like remind myself that we need to continue resisting this like pull that colonization has had on us, particularly mm. as black women as well, but also in any way possible, pay homage to those like your grandmother and my grandmother and even my dad who like have not been given the same opportunities, but without them, right. we absolutely would not be like sitting here. So I'll have to try to find that article yeah, and send, send it, it to you. Me. Yeah, that makes sense though. Complete sense. Absolutely. So talk to us a little bit about Melbourne Fashion Week then. How are you preparing? How are you feeling? Um, Yeah, it's really intense right now. Like really, really deadlines just make me cry. But um, we're getting there. I'm I'm really excited as well. Like I think it'll be really, really cool. Um, So yeah, I I don't know. I've been preparing in that just been trying to make sure everything's done yeah. and looks good um yeah. and what you not ness and trying to let like less think about everyone else and more think about am i happy with this collection yeah. is this yeah. something that i would wear or is, is yeah. this cool and um so so good like so far so good yeah and so if we separate your work mm-hmm. from melbourne fashion week and l- what you're doing how are you finding the process of fitting in as a black owned business within spaces like that yeah, well, I guess I try not to think about that so much. I just am like, again, trying to just as much as I possibly can just be like, does this feel good? Do yeah. I feel good doing this? And that's kind of directing me where I see fit. Yeah. Um, but it is one of those things that you're just like, oh, okay, this is like... Huge. Yeah. yeah. You know, and there are so many other brands as well that, you know, are worthy of that sort of... So I try to just enjoy it as much as I possibly can and then see what yeah. happens. I definitely feel like the last few years we've seen such an increase in presence of mob fashion and, like, I definitely feel like places like Clothing the Gaps and and different brands are really putting us on, I guess, platforms and under the spotlight to really grow and collect, I guess, stories and connections with each other, which I think is really powerful. Mm. Um So touching on fashion as well, uh, we've spoken about that internal journey and emotions that you want to embed in all of your work, Mm. but touching on some of the messages, and we did joke about you are a very outspoken member of your family, but like, what are some of the messages and themes that you want the community to be able to receive from your work and what role does fashion play in that? Yeah, I think for the most part, it's just that wherever you are and whatever you're doing, that you belong like I know Ginny's Girl Gang is such a random name but for the most part like I started Ginny's Girl Gang and why it's called Ginny's Girl Gang was because of my nieces I have four beautiful little nieces and the most important role I've ever played in my life is being an auntie and I think that's because we've always had I have an I had an auntie who played such an integral role in my life and so for me it's really I think about those girls I think about Harper Kaya Koa and Jali and what you know what we experienced as kids growing up that there is um 
you know, I think of the fashion industry growing up and I just thought that's so unattainable. I didn't know any black followers in that space. And so I just want them to know like anything that they want to do or anything that they, you know, wherever we're not represented, that there is space for us there and that we're actually really good you know in those spaces I think of all the other black brands that you know we come across on social media and I see what they're doing and I just think like this is crazy you know 10 years ago our people would have never thought we'd be in these spaces and so I just try and take try and make the most of every opportunity that I have but for for me it's really about young black girls us being young black girls and you know making sure that they feel comfortable and confident and that they see themselves in us in these spaces yeah so that's what it's really about as soon as you said that it took me back to you know my my aunties like and I don't see them often but I know they are some of my biggest supporters Mm -hmm. whenever I post you know anything online I'll always get a little like or a little comment and a bit of encouragement and and yeah like I don't have kids myself but I've got two nieces Sophia and Gabby and like as soon as you were talking about your nieces that's exactly how I feel it's like making sure that we extend the love and support that we've been given from our aunties and uncles and and to the next generation because it is that link. We're learning different things. We're navigating different experiences and what our nieces navigate in their future mm. will be so different. But if we could in, like leave them with some sort of, I guess, pathway or support system to do even greater than what we are doing, mm-hmm. I think that would be really beautiful i'm getting just so emotional talking (laughs) i'm like picturing their little faces they're just so cute yeah um but we are getting close to wrapping up things Mm -hmm. but i want to talk about this idea of like success what does success kind of mean to you or is it something that you do or don't subscribe to Uh, i think yeah it's hard i think success or the idea of success has changed so much for me in such a short time um yeah that level of stability I think that is intergenerational trauma and I think I'll always just be like I just want to be okay yeah um but that you know trusting for me it's like about trusting the universe and trusting that there is a plan um and so long as I'm like doing the right things and I feel good about what I'm doing I think success for me is like peace yeah (laughs) yeah and also just you know I think for me I spent a lot of my 20s like arguing with people mm. and like really just being like don't have time for that now. And now <laughs> I'm like I can't. If you don't want it and I'm sure you get it as well like when we get around, you know, invasion day and stuff like that and you you because we have platforms people just come and give yeah. their opinion and it's yeah. re- it, that was really difficult for me trying to be like read comments and not respond. Yeah. Um, and now I just prefer that level of peace you know I'm not going to argue with the ignorant I don't have time for it but if you're an ally and you're you want to learn like there's spaces for you I might not be the person because I don't have time Um, (laughs) and you should pay for that but um, (laughs) you know for me it's more about just peace like success for me is like you know my niece's happy my family's happy and I'm doing something that I love yeah Yeah. that's so beautiful and I also like what I kind of took away from what you said as well is like success and happiness is like good relationships whether that's with mob or with allies and just making sure that like how we're moving forward is a healthy amount of accountability and Mm -hmm. also a healthy amount of just like 
being there for each other and mm-hmm. being there for mob like there's plenty of space for all of us to kind of exist and so and much the role of allies is just to support that rather than to kind of think that they need to know everything and control everything hey yeah um so before we finish up is there anything like what's next for Ginny? we spoke about like fashion week mm. what else are you planning to bring us all um i think just continuing to paint things that make me feel good and hopefully people like that and then um I I really am trying to figure out um I haven't posted on social media in like yeah I did notice that a while a while um and that's been nice but oh my god the algorithm is just killing me at the moment I just get and now there's TikTok I know are you gonna get on there and do some dances oh I feel like that's what needs that's to happen. That's what TikTok is. <laughs> I am constantly talking with my management team. I'm like, I am not cut out for TikTok. Me neither. I I'm cannot dance. I cannot dance. No. It's the widest thing about me. I cannot dance. <laughs> Stop. Honestly. But um, no, I think for me, it's more about I'm, I'm going to Europe in April, so I'm going to spend some time traveling and then reevaluate what, what I'm doing. And, and I think that's always been like something that I've done is like, you know, am I supposed to be here for a long time or a short time or what can I give to someone else? In terms of Ginny's girl game? Yeah. Yeah. Constantly thinking about that sort of stuff. So we'll see. I don't know. Well, I, my brain is constantly ticking that way too. So if you ever need to yarn, I'm always here. Um, But last question. Okay. Where do you want to be in 10 years? Um, Retired. <laughs> Wait, how old are you? I'm 34. Yeah, same, but 40. <laughs> Doubt it. Um, Semi-retired. Well, you know, that the, the age gap of health is not that great. So hopefully I'm retired. Yeah. And just happy. Just like, I don't know. Everyone says and, that. Everyone says that. They just want to be happy. And yeah. I think that's just the most beautiful response. Yeah. Just Yeah. Amazing. Quiet somewhere. Yeah. Reading a book. <laughs> well, before you go and before you go to Europe and potentially contemplate not being on social media anymore, <laughs> or again. where can people find you? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram, Ginny's Girl Gang, at Ginny's Girl Gang. Um, I am on TikTok, but I haven't posted on there either. Just pretty much Instagram and Facebook. And your website? Uh, com deadly yeah well i have enjoyed this chat so much me too thanks um, for having me thank Rich. you and <laughs> now that you're in meangin you're always welcome here mm-hmm. um but thank you everyone this is another episode of let's talk the arts and we'll see you all next monday no more whispering in our mind let's talk monday to friday at 9 a.m on AAA murray country the national indigenous radio service and iheart radio you can catch up on AAA.org.au, proudly supported by the Community Broadcast Foundation.